All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing Show here on Serious Angler. We got a, a smaller crew tonight, but a good crew. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eigbrett. And uh, joined with me, as always, is Brendan Chapman from Do It Molds and Mr. Jake Boomer from Alpha Angler, who uh, got to be a part of the inaugural Western Bass Shootout this past weekend. Say I part did. of participated, but I did. <laughs> like... I burned a lot of gas. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was supporting the uh, fuel industry on the West Coast. <laughs> Somebody's got to. Somebody's got to. Uh, but fellas, real fast before we start diving into the show, we are obviously too short tonight. the The Sears Angler boys are not here. Deacon uh, is out on the Delta where Jake was just fishing, uh, getting ready for Toyota Series this weekend. So good luck to Deacon. And uh, honestly. Huge news tonight. He's uh, in the comments a little bit because uh, he cannot be on live. He has much, much, much more important business to attend to. And that is Andy uh, is not here tonight because of as of 1134 this morning, Andy became a father of two. Uh, he had his second daughter. Uh, and we have full name here. Eleanor Margaret Lynn Full. So congrats right to Andy. Congrats, congrats Andy. Congrats, yeah, buddy. Yeah. So he so, has a little boy and now a little girl, or has he got two girls? Two girls, the poor guy. Mm. Hey, that's what I'm <laughs> rocking. Two girls. The only <laughs> other the only other testosterone in the house is a five pound chorky. It's me and him against two girls. I don't know if that wife. counts. <laughs> <laughs> Glamour pet. Yeah. But yeah, so folks, that's why, uh, you know, the rest of this week uh, and tentative for the upcoming weeks, because uh, I can't speak for it. Uh, I know, Jake, you can speak for it, being that you have kids. Uh, There's a lot of unknowns. So if there's Andy might not be on some shows, but uh, he's going to try to make it if he can. But seriously, congrats, buddy. We're really happy for you. The family of the Fulls is growing and some future Bassmaster Classic champs potentially in the making. But uh, boys, talking about the classic, that was our most recent event uh, on fantasy fishing, and uh, honestly, it was pretty damn tough for everybody except for I guess Gussie had tough day three, but everybody else seemed to ride like it was hard to just get a damn limit. It's kind of yeah. incredible how much that eighteen inch smallmouth rule impacted it. Yeah, eighteen. Guess- oh, sorry. An 18-inch smallmouth is a big smallmouth. You know what I mean? It is. <clears throat> That's like over here. It's, really... a, it's a. Go ahead. Uh, over here, an 18-inch smallmouth is like a four-pounder because we they don't get as long as they do on the East Coast. You know what I mean? Right. Like we, we would these. If you have an 18-inch smallmouth, it's probably a, at least three and a quarter four-pounder. And you saw the two that Gussie had that he did weigh on the last day. He went over six pounds, right? Yeah, he had six for for two. And he tossed back some 17 and three quarters. And, you know, I can't imagine how painful that has to be. You're leading the Bassmaster Classic day three. And all you need to do in your in your brain is get a limit and it's in the bag. And you have a 17 and three quarter inch fish and you have to throw it back. Yeah. You know, mentally defeating that has to be. Yeah, I'd throw up. <laughs> yeah. well, dude, I mean, the, the camera footage on him, you know, at the time. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's laughing about it now, but like the footage of him running back to the ramp, like basically in tears, wanting to just probably probably hide from the world, thinking he lost it was 
Dude, I couldn't imagine that gut like gut wrenching feeling. And like, but the thing is, did you notice it wasn't till he sat down and drove back? Like when he had to throw him back, he didn't lose his composure. Like he was kind of like like stone cold. It wasn't until he was driving back that he was like, I think I just lost the classic. But like in the moment when he was grinding, I didn't see like he didn't throw a fit or lay on the deck of the boat. I like I was pretty impressed with that. It just the fact that he was so calm and collected, even though he was, you just couldn't get him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys were both there in person, correct? I wasn't there. You guys were both there, right? On yeah. site. What yeah. was the vibe like at the at the show? I mean, like, were people? Was it kind of up in the air by day two, or like, were people really thinking it was Gussie's show? Outside looking in, like after day one, I felt like Gussie. It was his to win at that point knowing that he had like one other spot to get to. And it seemed like catching 18 inches weren't that difficult at his spot. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this day two. Uh, it was ironic looking at it midday day three when we didn't know what the heck was going to happen, but day two, the way in, they basically kind of, if you were at the way in, they shaped it up to like Gussie's already got this thing one, the way they were talking about it, uh, which you could tell Gus was excited. And then he switch and you'd be like, I got one more day left. Like you would kind of bring him back down to earth because he knows that it's there's still an outside shot for somebody to come back and he's still got to catch five. It was going away. People were really like making it sound like it was done. And midday, day three, people were kind of like, oh shit, we might have drinked something. Yeah. Because that would have been really, I would never want to be. You know, my face again. I feel like I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking, riding back to to weigh in. But yeah, I mean, I I think people day two thought it was like done deal. I'm glad that there was some drama at the end because I was one of those people by like the end of day one. I'm like, oh man, he's got one other spot that he's saving, and I don't think he really had to utilize it much. It was mainly that one stretch that he was working that I think he did most of his damage on. But I was glad to see that there was some drama at the end to kind of you know, throw a, a wrench into the whole show. Um, Cause outside looking in kind of seemed like it was his uh, by day two for sure. Yeah. People thought it was, either, it could have been Schmidt or Canterbury because I believe was Schmidt. I think his Marshall over uh, put like over entered his uh, weight of his fish or something like that by like a pound, something like that. Uh, basically if it, I, there was a bunch of rumors flying around, of course, when the guys were coming in on day three. But I mean, Canterbury lost a giant on the f- day three in the morning that could have made things actually pretty interesting if he had landed it. But uh, I mean, obviously, a bunch of guys had lost fish, or I still think it would have been a completely different tournament had you had uh, allowed, you know, at least 16 inch smallmouth. I mm-hmm. think it would have been a completely different term. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But either way, Classic was awesome. Uh, the- According to Bass record setting attendance, I think it's had like 160,000 or something like that. Um, I mean, I don't know if that the number is accurate or anything, but I could tell you what, if you try to go walk down the hall to the bathroom, it probably took you 30, 40, 45 minutes to get there. So they had a pretty good attendance. I'll say that. Yeah. Like if the California fire chiefs had seen what happened in Knoxville, <laughs> they would <laughs> They would have, they're just a little bit more lax there because that was way outside of like what I consider. It was crazy. You're right. You couldn't even like wander to the bathroom. And to answer your question, Brennan, I had no idea what was actually going on in the classic because 
who was so chaotic in the booth. Like there were so many people. Everyone's like, Gussie caught one. And the there everybody's cell phone, everybody has a cell phone, and so all the Wi-Fi signals are shot. So oh, it's the, horrible. Yeah, so you're trying to watch it, you know, somebody put a screen up and it just lock up. You know, it's crazy. Maybe it, that's better. Maybe that's better that there was that suspense and nobody really knew. Yeah. Yeah. Not to weigh in, right? Yeah. yeah. The most the best marketing you can do at the classic at the expo is have a TV with the the actual event running and it working because people will linger around your booth for a long time. Yeah. But the, like that's the, satellite uplink. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, nobody's cell phone. So it looks like you have five bars LTE and you literally can't use your phone at all. So Maybe like if someone should. like trying to upload content, you're like pissed off. You got to like run <laughs> outside a half mile away, upload something, come back. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a that's a good idea, Bailey. You should get a marketing job in the fishing industry. That's smart. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genius. <laughs> All right. Well, we, uh, we're going to get into the upcoming Bassmaster Elite event on Lake Murray, but let's real fast run through, uh, your guys's points, uh, from the classic and then we'll give a updated total in regards to standings of the group, uh, for f- fantasy fishing points. So Brandon, you want to, you want to get her out of the way for you, for you, Brandon? Honestly, no, I don't, but um, let's see. Bassmaster Classic. Uh, I scored 1,001 points, which is not ideal. Um, I had a pretty rough (laughs) one. Let me find it here. So I had, get this, I had David Mullins, right? Yep. Last place. Um, Matt Airy, (laughs) Matt Robertson, Pat Schlopper and Cody Huff. Uh, my best place finish was 18th with Matt Robertson. David Mullins really let me down. I had high hopes. I think I was the only one that picked him in our group, and I was shocked, being that you know he's got tons of experience on that body water. And it was one instance where the hometown hero was not the person to pick. So let that be uh, a rule maybe for some of you guys choosing your picks moving forward that sometimes you don't want that. Um and I got to experience that. So thousand and one points, not good. Yeah. Well, I want to say something really fast. Um, I want to breeze through because we actually have Mr. West Logan joining us to give us a little insider info to what's going down at Murray. But I really want to give a shout out. I, I don't remember if I did this uh, on the show after the classic we did when we finally got back home and settled. But uh, something cool that I overheard that David Mullins did for Gussie. Gussie gave him a whole shout out in the media room was uh, David Mullins waited, I believe it was day two, waited for Gussie and followed him all the way back to the ramp because his lung being slower or potential, if there's any issues, he followed him back to the ramp to make sure he got back, got in on time. Like, because obviously Mullins being a faster boat could have just flown back. But uh, it was super cool to hear that he just, just in case, you know, rode behind him in case there's any issues. Kind of a super cool sportsmanship sure. deal. Uh, so just, I don't know. I can't remember if I shouted that out or not. I remember telling some people, but I love that cool. story. I but I do wish it translated to my fantasy points. So <laughs> you wish uh, he had seven pounds of small mouth. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. If you could have got second for doing that or something, I would have taken it. But that is pretty cool to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, before Boomer goes, I'll quickly say Deacon had one thousand one hundred and twenty-eight points, and Andy had one thousand one hundred and sixty-seven points. Boomer, what'd you have for the class? 1,068. Okay. I think I lost all together. Like, that's the lowest, right? No, I, uh, no, Brendan was the lowest. <laughs> yeah. 
I won last place. Don't try to take that. <laughs> nice. That's, my, that's my title, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, I had Tristan McCormick, who is a home like he went to college there. Like, and I figured, man, he'd scope the crap the criminy out of me at 44th. Mark yeah. Frazier, who I thought was my gold pick, was 46th. I pretty much locked up all the 40s. <clears throat> Keith Poche, though, was a good pick. Uh, he got 15th. John Cox got fourth. And then Pollinick got 38. Mm. So I, I burned on in. Speaking of, of Poche, we're going to get into that here in a little bit because I. Uh, I guess he's not fishing Murray, which I don't want to get into now, but we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, real fast for mine, I had 1,180 points. I had Lester who got sixth, uh, Livesey 15th, Robertson 18th, probably the biggest average weight of fish in the tournament. Just couldn't fill a damn limit. Uh, his two fish on day two and three were probably bigger than most, people from 30 and 30th and backs limits uh the dude was on size he just couldn't fill a limit for whatever reason um kj queen was 27th and casey smith uh 38th so right now the updated totals uh we got uh deacon in last place with 2893 points uh brennan in fourth 2917 Andy is in third with 2,957. Boomer in second with 3,074. And just barely in front of Boomer, uh, I have 3,088 points. So only 14 points mm. ahead of you, Boomer, making things interesting. Yeah, looks yeah. like this one's going to get to the ropes, huh? <laughs> hey, that that's makes it more fun that way. But uh, let's start getting into Lake Murray this week. And before we start giving our picks and everything, uh, and sound like a dummy after he comes on and, and, and tells us we're all wrong. Let's, uh, let's get Wes on here first and tell us what's going on down on Lake Murray. What's going on, dude? What's up, buddy? How are y'all? Good, man. How, how's your week down in South Carolina? Uh, it's, it's going. It's you going. I've been, here, I've been gone from the house for six days now and got, I don't know, 20 more. So, Oh, man. Because, yeah, you got Santee next yeah. week. Yeah. And then what are you going to after that? Uh, I've got to stay and do a little bit of content work with one of my one of my sponsors, and then we'll jump right into Lay Lake. So never ends once How it gets is, once it gets going. Right? How far is Lay from you? Uh, from the house, it's only like an hour. Oh, it's not too bad. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, how is Lake Murray setting up? What's it looking like? Uh, looks like there's going to be a lot of fish caught, uh, and I'm not judging off my practice day to day. I'm just going by the way the lake's fished in the past six to eight months. I mean, I, lake's really healthy. It looks like um, all the fish, like the few that I caught today, are just, they're just so healthy. Like I mean, you might have a 16, 17 inch fish that may weigh, you know, two and three quarter, three pounds on any other lake. You know, it'd be a two and a half at the most. Um, but I mean, you're our temperatures like weather wise we had a cool morning today but i think the coolest it's getting is going to be like in the 60s at night i mean the the heron spawn's probably fixing to go down like really good i would think i i know nothing about that i've never fished a heron spawn i hate heron fish um <laughs> but they're fixing to probably curb stomp them doing it if i had to guess uh 
what kind of, I mean, do you think that's going to be the biggest player or what things do you think are going to be kind of your major players for somebody that's going to win? Oh, uh, I think for a winning, for somebody to win, it's either going to be, you know, somebody roll up on the right point or, or have a, you know, a network of points they can run um, or uh, your live scope guys are probably going to be the ones that are, you know, either one of those two is how you're going to win, how the tournament's going to get won. Hands down, there's no doubt about it. You, you can write that down. Um, and, and I'm sure there's some fish on bed. I didn't really look today. It was it, the wind blew today like 25. It was kind of hard to see. Um, but I'm sure there's still some spawning. But the the fish spawning can't compete with with the fish, the herring fish, if they turn on, and somebody get you know figures out the right stretch of the lake or the right sequence of points. Um, or you know you like I said, you got your guys that are really good with the live scope that will commit to it. Um, that you know they'll they'll find something a little different, something that's not getting beat on too bad, and you know kind of have it all to themselves. And that's how you know we've already seen it this year. Tournaments you know get dominated and get won really. Right. Well, Brandon, Jake, you guys got anything for Wes? Yeah, I got a question. You... Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. No letter. <clears throat> I was just I, I watched a little bit of the Murray coverage from the uh, MLF. I'm sure you guys watched a little bit of that and. I thought it was weird that Gag won. Gag already won it. Um, kind of poking around. Do you think? Do you think he just knew the best points that had the bigger fish? I mean, is it kind of like because there were some really good fishermen that just didn't kind of click? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it? You guys think it's going to be like burn as many points as you can and you'll run into them, or are there points that are just they're just better fish on those points? They just feed on them. Yeah. No, I think historically there's probably certain points that I, I mean I, and there's probably fish on almost every point on the lake at some point in time um but historically you're probably going to have the points that the bigger ones get on you know year in and year out so with having you know knowledge from this place you can put yourself and, and a lot of times i think like when we're at home like at home we don't have a heron spawn but like we have the shadow spawn kind of like on seawalls and the clay points as well but you'll have like a section of the lake that always turns on at certain times of the year. So like early April, this section, you know, late April, early May, this section. So knowing the section that you need to be in and then knowing those particular big fish points in that area is, it's going to be really key because the guys that are going to have to run through, you know, a hundred points is somebody like me or, you know, somebody that doesn't really know, the lake that's just hoping to run, you know, run into them during the day at some point, which not saying it can't happen for somebody four days in a row, but you're going to have to be, it's going to have to be your tournament to win if that happens. So a gas burner for sure. Like you guys are going to burn gas. And there's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a hopscotch and like just you hit this one, somebody hits one in front of you, you go to the next one, you may have to run through four of them that you wanted to fish and you get to fish the fifth one. But, but it's not to say that you can't pull up behind somebody that just pulls off of it and they come up school and, and you catch them. Like, it's it's kind of a weird situation. I, I, I've never fished a tournament like this or how I think everybody's going to fish it. Um, it's just kind of odd because you, like, you kind of know the deal, but who's going to run into them? Like, who's going to get lucky? Like, who's going to – are they going to, you know, push a ball of herring up there and there'd be five pounders blowing up. You catch four of them like in 10 minutes. It's, it's just, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of tournaments like this, but you know, somebody has got to win. Right. Brandon, what'd you have? 
Um, I think Wes, you, you pretty much just hit on it. I was going to ask, uh, I'm a Midwestern guy. So the, the herring thing is completely foreign to me as well. Um, I was curious. And like I said, I think you kind of answered it already, but how big of a timing thing is that? I mean, is a guy better off having three or four key points, let's say that these herring spawns are happening on um, and just specifically targeting those and waiting for the, the time to shine, or are you better off, running as many as you can and just try to run into them. But yeah, I, I think one odd thing that I kind of noticed with the, with the BPT guys is you had guys that smashed them one day and then nothing like, like literally nothing. Um, And, and that's, I don't know if, and I don't really know what they were. I didn't look at it, watch it that close. I don't know if they like sat on those points waiting for them to come up or if they bounced around and just didn't run into them and their their main place wasn't firing. Um, it's just, it's real. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the best way to put it, it's a scary way to fish, honestly, because I mean, it can be really good. It's, it's the high risk, high reward, but I mean, I don't really like saying that because basically anything you do is a high risk, high reward. Like it could go away at any point. Um, but that just takes it to a whole nother level. I, I would rather have something consistent, like may not be a winning deal, but, you know, just know I could go, you know, catch some, which the, the thing about here is you really don't know. It's kind of up in the air what it's going to take to get paid, like for us to have a good finish, because I feel like the BPT guys hit it probably as best as the lake ever could get fished. Like with the warming trend on a full moon, you got all the spawning fish, the you know, you got pre-spawn fish on herring trying to spawn. So now your herring fish way more than they normally would when they're post-spawn. Because mm-hmm. 90% of the time, or 95, probably close to all the time on a on a herring spawn, you're supposed to be catching post-spawn fish. But as warm as the weather was, it happened so fast that, that when those fish were pulling up on those points or where they stage on those points, the herring just kind of showed up the way that I think. Like, I mean, they just showed up with them the first of April and, you know, the ones I were catching were, you know, big fat footballs. And I don't, I, it's kind of weird to know if that kind of skewed the weights a little bit, like made it look a little bit better than it really could be. Uh, but uh, I mean, regardless, it's going to, you know, take a lot of weight to win and to, you know, get paid. It's just how much, like, is it going to be 17 a day or is it going to be, you know, mid fifteens? It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of up in the air with the few guys that I've talked to. Sure. Makes okay. sense. Well, Wes, dude, appreciate you hopping in here uh, during your practice week to give us a little lay down on what's going on. Uh, wishing you the best of luck rest of this week. Hope you get some sleep, dude. You look exhausted. It was a long day. It was, it was uh, almost 14 hours, so we're going to go do it again tomorrow. Well, it looks like the week's at least getting warmer for you. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not as cold as, as today. But, uh, dude, good luck. We'll be rooting for you, and appreciate it again. Thanks, guys. Good luck, Wes. Yeah, thanks, Wes. Thank you, man. Thank you, Wes. Well, it's it's I actually so speaking of that, he mentioned how the morning uh, was cold. I did pull up the weather forecast for Murray. Uh, and so they have let me see if I'll share my screen here. We have a couple things I want to get to before we give our Murray picks. There we go. We got a weather tab here. So we got tomorrow being a high of 69, mostly sunny. And then Wednesday. Thursday is 80s, Friday 73. You kind of almost got a cold front rolling through the weekend with some high winds and some rain. So I'm thinking any sort of lick of what spawn there may be left is not going to play. 
Uh, and yeah. I, I kind of reflected that in my picks, honestly, in regards to I went pretty heavy on your herring guys. Yeah, I can't imagine that weather does uh, much for the sight fishing fellows up shallow. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Because, uh, I mean, it looks like literally they get clouds just all four days of this event. Uh, predominantly more western winds, which, you know, I guess uh, any sort of, you know, West Bank could be relatively sheltered for for the shallow folk type of deal. But I think anybody trying to fish in East Bank right now, you know, good luck. But there are a couple fingers, I'll say, that run north that they probably could be okay um but regardless gonna be kind of interesting from a, a weather standpoint because I, I i can't take all the credit here but i talked to brad rutherford who's uh who runs pro staff over at pure fishing and he's a uh, lake murray hammer and mentioned how pretty much all spawners are pretty much done he said there might be a few left with these guys and he, he's sure one or two guys might find them uh, but for the most part it's gonna be basically straight up post-spawn uh patterns here for this one but before we get into our predictions for Murray, uh, we actually have some questions rolling in on it too, which speaking of questions really fast, I have neglected to uh, uh, mention this at the beginning. I have two things I can give away to people tonight. Uh, so make sure you guys are rolling in comments, your predictions, your picks, etc. cetera. Uh, stay engaging because I'll be giving out a serious angler hat tonight. I'll be shipping you guys one uh, to one lucky winner. Uh, and another lucky winner is getting a new pair of Hobie eyewear shades. It's the Hank Cherry specials, uh, or in the, the state, Hank Cherry's. Actually, no, I think Cherry's North Carolina. He's a North Carolina guy, yeah, but he's from the Carolinas. So. Carolinas. That's right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Same, 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 same. All state. the same. It's all the same. That's right. Close enough. Uh, I'll be giving the Hank Cherry specials out to another lucky. So two winners tonight. Keep it rolling, uh, and I'll be picking two winners to uh, to send these prizes to. But. Uh, we got one question here from All Things Angling, and I wanted to bring this up anyways. Was uh, what's your guys' take on the 20 day off rule, 28 day off rule, which disqualified Keith Poche from fishing Lake Murray? What do you guys think about that? I got a take. I, I think I think rules are rules. They're in place for a reason. They got to be consistent amongst the entire field. No questions asked, hundred percent every time. However, I wish the two organizations would do whatever they can. I understand they're never going to be friendly with each other or work together, um, but at least don't work against each other. So guys like Keith are able to double dip, do both. Um, I, I can understand why they wouldn't want to do that, but it just really sucks to see stuff like this. It really does. And it's never going to stop sucking. Yeah, I completely agree. I love the 28 day off rule. I mean, I, I'm sure you talked to some guys and they wish it's longer. Um sure. But the same, same in regard to the, the no info, uh, no info starts basically when the schedule's announced. Um, so I, I think I love this rule, but I completely agree with you, Brennan, that I just wish the trails would work to work together a little bit better from a scheduling standpoint, but, or just not work against each other, you know? Right. Right. Boomer. What do you think? Um, I think they've had the 28 new rule for a long time. I think it balances the field out. Right. Cause if somebody lived in South Carolina the last three weeks they've had off, you just get that little bit of extra progression, get to watch it go, you know, watch what's going on this way. Everybody gets the same amount of practice and gets to, you get, you have to use your skill set in those two and a half days to see how it's going to develop. I think that's important. But one thing to note is there's a couple rules on both sides, but if Keith would have, uh, elected to not do the previous event that disqualifies 
disqualified him from this from this current event, the, the Bass event, he would have been disqualified uh, at a higher rate in the MLF circuit. That's what I understand. He wouldn't have been able to fish anything. I think he would have missed the next or the next two events. Or it's I think the penalty is much greater if he misses uh, one side versus the other. So. And I think it was kind of a date he couldn't miss. Like if he made the knockout round or something like that, he was right on that line that got him kicked out. So, hmm. which I, I get it, right? Angler organizations are trying to keep their anglers. That's their assets. And so somebody like Keith, who just wants to be like John Cox and fish everything, I understand it. And it stinks that we don't have him there. Um, but I can see what they're trying to do. Like these are our assets. You know, we want them on our water. And so they play this game back and forth. And you're right. It sucks for us. Because mm-hmm. right now Keith is just on a tear. I'd love to see which river he beat his boat into in this derby. You know what I mean? And th- yeah. that, that's the worst part is like every year, like uh, like Keith right now on a tear, like you mentioned. Like, are we going to see this moving forward where anglers that choose to kind of dabble in both or commit to both seasons are going to be set up for an amazing season and then have to throw the entire season away because they choose to fish the other one? It's just from a fan's perspective, like you mentioned, it's just really unfortunate. Um, that these guys are never going to have, uh, you know, a full opportunity to have an awesome season. Um, they're going to yeah. have to choose. So, and I, I understand your point about, you know, them being assets, um, hundred percent. Yeah. It, I mean, it sucks though. Like if you look back on it, every one of these guys has gone, the guys that just go on a, I don't care about where I'm at tear Hackney did it for a while. He was FLW and bass. And he, w- he said he literally was getting better because he just didn't quit fishing. He went from event to event to event. Sure. That was the funnest to watch him because you could tell he was just – that was when he won Pickwick. Remember that? He's like, I just found a better spot than everybody else and whooped everybody. Like, he got to the point where fishing was what he was, and, it like, that was so fun to watch. But it, they can't sustain it. Nobody does. You know, Cox yeah. did it for a while where he was everything. I don't know if it's burnout or you wear out or whatever it is, but Poche is now that guy. I mean, if he's probably fishing a weekend derby right now because he can't fish bass, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he probably didn't go home. He's probably just fishing the derby. It's fun to watch guys when they get like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you notice that pattern when guys do that. For the most part, those guys fish really good once they start getting that train rolling. It's so it's like Cox did it where he started won an event and a event. Like he won on Chick and then he won on. uh Oh, I can't remember where it was. He was, he was swim jigging. I'm trying to remember which fishery it was. Oh, but, I remember that. But, it, like, dude, that, it, yeah. I think it's why these guys do that, right? I mean, Tyler Rivette was telling us at the Classic, he wished the Classic was a week earlier because his confidence was rolling. Like, guys yeah. are firm believers in that. They don't want that break period because, well, the guys that are doing well don't want the break, the break period, I should say. Oh, the guys that are not doing well probably want a couple weeks to just reset. <laughs> yeah, like to, to stop the beating from the guy that didn't practice and showed up and won. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. looking in the mirror, screaming, "Get out of me!" Just your your own head, just <laughs> running yeah. in circles. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. I completely agree, with Brennan. You know, rules are rules, and it sucks. Uh, I would have loved to watch what Poche. I, I love watching Poche in every event. I think as an organization, MLF or or Bass they'd want to have Poche at their events for the simple fact of how he fishes during this time where people are hating on a guy staring down at the ground all day. They love to have a camera in Poche's boat just for the pure fact of how he fishes. I got it's a question. Do, do any of you, do either of you know, um, does he still have a opportunity to make the classic? 
if he doesn't finish if he doesn't fish the entire season, being that he's out on Murray, like if he's still qualified points wise, is he still in? Or because he missed an event, he's out. Does anybody know? I'm just curious. I can't remember, but I they instead of getting low points, they get no points. Isn't right. that how it goes? Which is brutal to recover from. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna text someone from Bass right now and ask if that counts. Stand by. You stand by. What? Well, just it's Bailey. He just texts. Uh, just I'm calling the Bass Brass right now. I'm finding <laughs> this podcast needs to be <laughs> accurate. Well, yeah, I don't want to. There's no such. Well, I shouldn't say there's no such thing. There's a lot of misinformation Andy and I put out about our thoughts of fishing. But when it comes to facts, factual stuff like this, I don't like to put out misinformation. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's a great question though, because like I don't think statistically he could. I guess he could if he did really, really well for the rest of the season. I guess I don't know numbers wise how that shapes out, but like the last event in the season, if he wins it, that he makes the classic. You know what I mean? So like they right, have that. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's still that opportunity in, or at least I think. So what you're saying, Brent, is like the uh, like the opens, you got to fish all of them, right? Mm-hmm. And if you miss one, even if you win, you don't get that classic berth. Is that the way it is for? I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm oh, no, just, that, they don't. That, that's even worse, right? Like if, if right. now he's not able to qualify for a classic when he's on track to do so, like to put not just Keith, but future anglers in that position, that's just really unfortunate. Yeah. But. All right. I have an inquiry into Bass. If they answer, we'll, we'll dispose of it live here on the show. All right. Yeah. But I think in the meantime, let's, uh, let's dive into our picks for Lake Murray. Let me uh, pull up the Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing here. Let's get our buckets here. Share my screen. There we are. All right. So what we'll do, being that they're not here, uh, we'll take it easy on Andy because uh, he became – Oh, Andy, sorry. I was yeah. thinking, no, I was thinking of Deacon. Sorry. Oh, Deacon, we're gonna rag on him. Deacon <laughs> decided to fish instead of coming to hang out with us tonight. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't care. He doesn't care I, about the crew. I hope he has it in his ear though. Why he's pre fishing? I really do because I just hope. <laughs> just just because Deacon didn't make it tonight, if you guys in the chat can just put because we used to do this with Bart when Adam Bartuzic was on Fantasy Fishing, he would miss like nine out of ten shows, and we did. <laughs> They did hashtag Bartless in the comments. So if you guys do hashtag Deaconless in the comments, we'll screenshot it and send it to them. And uh, you guys Deakless. just rag on them in the comments if you guys will. Uh, but uh, so we'll do we'll, we'll make Deacon go first with his picks here. Yep. Um, it only seems sweet. right. That's right. It's about time. Yeah. Yep. So we'll go. Do so you guys want to start A to E or do you guys want to go E to A? Let's go A to E. All right. For oh. A bucket. Oh, yeah. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say E to A, but all right. Okay, I can do that. Suck. We'll do E to A. What if we do C, A, D, E, B? <laughs> I think we'll lose everyone that's watching this right okay. now. Okay, <laughs> let's not do that then. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so group E for Deacon, he picked Brian New, who I think has the biggest percentage I think I might have ever seen out of Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing. <laughs> Yeah, in the E bucket. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, 69.2%, which is a great percentage. Keep it there. Oh. Uh, what do you, okay, so moving on from Deacon, we have Andy also picked 
Brian knew. Uh, I have a very strong feeling that we're all going to have the same pick. Boomer, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I picked Brian new. <laughs> I want to. I want to pick somebody else, but I can't. I know, Brendan. What about you? Uh, I took Brian new. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if I mean at that percent owned and in the condition that my fantasy team's in right now, like if I go down, I'm going down with the rest of the country. You know, if he wins, then I'm a part of it. Well, for my sake of keeping my lead, I was going to try to switch pending everyone was was going with him now. But now that everyone's picking new, kind of it just it cancels out. So we're good because I'm going brand new as well. Attaboy. Uh, but I will say for folks just to if you want a different option, if you want to take a shot, uh, there's two that really stand out to me here. Uh, one is just, you know, from a location bias in Todd Auten. Um being home lakes, Lake Wiley, which isn't too far from Murray. Uh, and Murray does have a lot of shallow, large mouth. Now you saw that at the PPT event. Um, I think you could see Dot- Todd Auten have a decent event, but also one I'd go with here is John Soka. If there's going to be Heron, if there's going to be guys scoping, that's a guy that I'd have money on just from a scoping standpoint could, could do well. But Can I throw the- one dark horse in there, even though I'm not taking him because I can't afford any risk at this point? <laughs> yeah paul mueller he's a live scope mm-hmm. legend i mean one of the best on the elite series top five no question um i i could see him doing really well in this i could see that i mean he he won on um lanier yes yes lanier yep we got a view of boomer's seat and it's a great one that's a, that nice a great seat, seat. look at yes. that seat Good that's job. a high quality chair good choice <laughs> Well, we will come back to Boomer. I have no idea. I looked down to uh, check my text coming in, thinking it was somebody from Bass, but and now Boomer's gone. But we'll come. We'll come back to Boomer here. But yeah, I could see. I could see Mueller a thousand percent. I could see him with a spinning rod and a small little sonar head with a little swim bait that he poured with do it molds uh, and going to work. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's back. He's back. Sorry. <laughs> Before I locked your picks because you left, so you actually got a zero already. But go I, ahead. I locked the girls out, so which, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, this is a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. They won in their own house. This is a great comment. I think this is, might actually be our first uh, winner for the night. This might <laughs> yeah, deserve some Hobie Eyewear shades. Uh, nonstop panic outdoors says Boomer must have had mighty taco. <laughs> uh, dude, get, get uh, in touch. Awesome. <laughs> We're gonna get you some Hobie shades. That's an incredible comment. <laughs> get in Sorry touch, man. That. Get a whether email or social. We'll get the we'll get these Hank Cherry special Hobie Irish <laughs> shades sent out to you. <laughs> That's awesome. That was good. All right. Um, okay, so let's move on to bucket D. Uh, we see we have Deacon selected Brandon Polinick for this one. Uh, I think he, which I don't think has Boomer. You could speak way better on this. Uh, has he ever had this tough of a start to a season before? <clears throat> well, he didn't though. He had a great finish at Okeechobee. Did so he? this is only yeah. He did he did good at Okeechobee, uh, but yeah, he did really bad at. Uh, uh, Santee, no, Sabine. Where were they at? 
Seminole. <laughs> Seminole. That's Sam Pease next week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but the classic doesn't count in points. So, oh, in the sure. classic, in the classic, he had uh, boat issues. He he uh, he ran into something on the on oh, the really? Wednesday of practice, and so he spent his whole day before the first day of the tournament uh, moving his stuff, and like, and not just moving stuff like moving everything like graphs and i think that has a huge impact on an angler so yeah so i don't think i don't think brandon's a bad pick um i haven't talked to him much because i was in the western bass shootout so but i i would think that if he settled back in he's kind of a he's kind of that guy that's never really out right yeah i mean dude if you look at his wins by by now you got to know that anywhere in the country he's going to be somebody you should look out for like yeah. he, all five of his wins are in completely different locations, completely different times of year, fishing completely different. It's it's impressive. So I, I got to preface, preface this because I'm getting a little self conscious because I really wanted to pick Sukup in the last one, but he's an alpha angler, so I'm like I can't do that. And then I'm like he I got looked at this thing and I'm like, well, Brandon's got his boats clean. He's had a couple weeks off, hanging out with a baby. He's gonna kick butt. I can't pick him. Like I already picked him a couple times, and like everyone's like, <laughs> "All right, so Brad, Brian, or uh, Boomer's picks are going to be anybody that's an alpha angler." And so then I have zero value at all. So I, di- I didn't get to pick the two guys I wanted to. But you can I pick. Do think, no one's going to judge. I do think Brandon would be a good pick. I did not pick him, and in the, in an effort to not burn Deacon, I'm not going to change after his picks are announced. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, we're not going to rag at you. I rag on you because you're here. Deacon's not. So yeah, why, why are we not trying to burn Deacon? What happened to the plan? <laughs> yeah. Well, Deacon's Deacon's in last place, and he knows he's sucking. So that's why he's going with the high percentage guys on every single bucket. So that, yeah, that, that's, that's why. True. Is that what he you, did? Did he go? Oh, I believe I'm not uh, doing that. Mm-mm. <laughs> not me. I, I think you needed a pinky up. up. <laughs> yeah. You needed a pinky up with that glass. <laughs> Boomer, <laughs> go with go with your heart, buddy. <laughs> Whatever the alpha yeah. angels tell you. <laughs> <laughs> True story, right? Uh, so I oh I didn't know I sorry. Is it my turn? Yeah, you might as well. Actually, you're on you're on the train. I actually picked Brandon Lester oh, over okay. Brandon Polinick because it was close. But he's coming off a good classic. Um mm-hmm. he hasn't had a horrible year. He's had these up and down. But I think he's a really good post pond fisherman. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I just was kind of thinking that. I mean, he's not the lowest pick; he's sixteen percent. But I think that role goes. So, did you just pick so, him because his name's Brandon? And you couldn't pick Paul. Yes. Okay, that's why. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and they're right next to each other, so it's like, yeah. like oh, it's my name, my name, Mo. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I do like that pick. Because I think one thing I picked up to uh, about Murray from watching the BPT is that there's a great shallow bite on this lake from laydowns to there's a lot of great looking shallow cover from docks to laydowns to brush to uh, even some submerged grass back in pockets, it looked like. Uh, and I think Lester's great at finding that. I mean, I don't know how many times we've watched him do that. He's great at flipping, uh, wind, you know, swim jig, that sort of deal. I think he can make some hay and then he's even a guy dude that I could see starting the morning off throwing top water and just junk fishing it up and catching 17 to 19 a day type of deal. I could see him being a factor going into to day four. Uh, I don't know if I'd see him winning this one, but I could see him definitely putting up a top 15 top 10 sort of deal. Uh, and so really fast Andy's pick 
uh, was also Brandon Polnick. So the the Alpha Boys. <laughs> Brandon, what about you? Um. All right, I got to go. Jason Christie here. Um, I don't know. I I just got a feeling. I I could see him doing either either deal. I could see him being all in on that herring spawn. I could see him being all in on that shallow water bite, doing a spinnerbait, doing something weird, um, all on his own. So I don't know. Um, with his success on Hartwell, I know. Well, I don't know how well Hartwell translates to to Murray here. Um, but he's proven himself what he can do in these herring based lakes. I got to believe some of that can translate. And I like his versatility um, and his guts when it comes to shallow water, largemouth in these herring fisheries. And uh, I can also see him, you know, tearing it up with live scope offshore to, um, you know, honing in on that herring spawn bite. So I got to go Jason Christie and it's Jason Christie and he's in bucket D. So like just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got the, what is it called, the the Yum Sonar Minnow or something like that, that he was using at the Classic that he would like, I believe that was his pattern, was getting a limit on that in the morning, uh, scoping him, and then going up and flipping a jig for two, three bites the rest of the day on on docks. Yeah, or or like a walking bait or a a buzz bait or something. I could see him, you know, going around docks and throwing a buzz bait, 100%. So. Oh, yeah. 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 I like it. Two, Two things about that pick. Uh, about your guys' conversation. One, I don't think Murray has spots or is heavily dominated by spots like Hartwell does, right? So, like, I thought about it. I mean, uh, your pick is also the the highest percentage pick of the T-Bucket, Brennan. So you're right. You're going across the board. (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) Uh, But you're absolutely correct with uh, him and largemouth on docks. Like, I don't think there is anybody better, especially Mm -hmm. if they postpone under the docks. And uh, did you guys see him? He fished um, out of Gadsden. What's that? Gosh, the one, the West Logan one. Neely Henry. Neely Henry. He was doing an open there, and we were watching him on the end of the day, and he with a buzz bait, which is a post-spawn bite, he was leading that tournament or whatever. I remember watching him the last day, and he said, I will fish behind anybody else, but I won't fish behind myself. Like, I'd rather fish behind somebody else than myself. And it wasn't an arrogant comment. It was about, you know, like, he's so good with a buzz bait that he's going to make these casts that are, you know what I mean? Like, he w- doesn't want to fish behind the fish that he knows he would have caught if he went through there. He's not, he'd rather go behind somebody else that might've caught a different one, but it was an impressive comment that he made on live. Like <laughs> I'll fish behind anybody else with buzz bait, but not mm-hmm. myself. That was pretty cool. So yeah, he's a, he's, that's a really good pick. Thank you. Can I, I change my at pick? first? You were derailing my pick and I almost had to switch, <laughs> but at the end, you made up for it. So I'm sticking with Nathan Christie. <laughs> you made him feel so <laughs> I kind of want to change my pick now. You can't. You can't. I know. I won't. Thank We're you. still in the bucket. I, I'll. I'll allow it. If we. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with it. What's Deacon your, would what's do your it, reason? So you can do it. Deacon. Hey, can can we pick? Can we change one of Deacon's picks at the end of the night? Like, can we all? <laughs> I I don't have the capabilities of hacking into his account, but I can try to tap into Ronnie Moore to see if he can hack into his account, Ooh, and then. Yeah, I like. You know that. what I'm saying. We got people on the inside, dude. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm having Ronnie just deselect all of his picks because Deacon didn't show up. I want to change his name too, if we can do that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Sarah. Like, Sarah Deacon. Sarah Deacon. Maybe it just gets deleted. His account just <laughs> I don't know. Just hypotheticals here. Oh, Lord. <laughs>
That's, that's, it's like the fantasy football thing. Like the guy that loses has to do something embarrassing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we can make those rules. If you're going to miss a, a, a Monday Night Live, you're going to have uh-huh. to change your name for a week to Sarah Deacon. <laughs> change your Instagram handle to, to Sarah, Sarah Deacon. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, I really so hope he's fun. listening. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. All right. So I just literally saw him two days ago. <laughs> I hope he ragged on him in person. Yeah. It's a long week. He felt it too. They they ran him through the ringer trying to get him organized and he yeah. did podcasts at, late at night. So he worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. He grinded, did the Western Bash shootout uh live streams. If you guys haven't checked that out, highly encourage you to. He had the top ten uh going into the final day on his show live. Uh you can watch it on Sears Angler here. Uh, super, super good episode. Some cool guys and names I haven't heard of yet. Some cool, like, and I love that. Honestly, that is one of my favorite things about the sport, especially from a tournament standpoint, is these characters that I've never heard of before. And I go and listen to the coverage and I get to go then one, one, if they got platforms, be able to follow along with them. I, I like learning about the new names, like the up and coming. Mm-hmm. That's honestly one of my favorite parts about this deal. Um, but yeah, super good job from Deacon standpoint. Uh, check those out. But uh, he's still a goober for, for not being here. And I'll, I'll stand by that. <laughs> All right. So real fast, my group D pick, and I'm going to actually repick my group E here. Well, not repick, but add Brian new. So I don't forget to add these like I did week one. Well, uh, yeah. I'm going Mr. Justin Atkins. Uh, and I got ragged Ooh. on him all last year because I picked him a bunch and he, he didn't have the greatest of events, but I don't know if anybody remembers Justin Atkins won the Forest Wood Cup on Lake Murray. Granted, that was August, but I feel like if it's a post-spawn deal, a guy that knows Herring, uh, familiar with them, won on Herring Lakes, chasing a Herring pattern, uh, a guy that's got confidence, a guy that's at 2.5% in this bucket, I'm going Mr. Justin Atkins. Um, let, me, let me select Brian New before I forget and don't uh, add my picks here. Okay, Group C. We will go. Deacon has. Let's see here. Deacon has Mark Frazier. Mark Frazier for Group C, and Andy went with Mr. John Cruz. Some interesting picks here. Boomer, what you got? Yeah, those are both. Mark Frazier burned me at the classic. So. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so. Uh, keeping in line with, listen, I don't want to hear it. All right. No. <clears throat> Deacon, Deacon, listen. Uh, I picked Brian Smith. And so I did not pick Polinick and Zookup, uh, uh, but I did pick Brian Smith. So, yes, he's an alpha now. Oh, I don't know if we told you guys that, but Brian is now an official alpha angler. He is yeah. also, if for anybody that hadn't watched before, he was my travel partner for the MPFL. Um, I have a lot of, I think he's one of the naturals. He's one of the, he's one of the good ones, but in this scenario. Oh, I'm just glad it's not me this time. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time that's me. Oh, damn West coasters. His uh, internet is performing like his performance on the Delta. Oh, <laughs> got it. I can't speak. I can't speak. I suck this year. Here we go. Oh, did, did you hear us ragging on you? No, 
No? Okay. okay. You didn't say anything. I didn't say a word. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I said all nice things. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where or, where or, did you lose me? Did you shut me off because I picked Brian Smith again? Yes. No, but I, I was going to rag on you for, I think you picked him every event now. Besides Every event. <laughs> every event. What are these but ones? you know what? <laughs> he's done good, though. Like, he's he saved my butt in Okeechobee because he was my middle pick. And then he had a pretty good finish at uh, Seminole. So, I got it. Anyways, yeah, I'm just gonna keep. So, did you guys did you guys hear my my reasoning? So, if no. anybody's watching, all right. I watched Bryant Smith, never been to Hartwell before, run points in an NPFL event last year. Granted, there was uh, uh, spots in Hartwell, which I don't think Murray is prim- primarily dominant by spots, but he is really good at. He's a points machine. He's a top water points, and I bet he can. Run as many points as anybody in the lake. So I picked him also because of I almost when after Wes Logan got off, I switched back to him because I I jumped off of him. But when Wes said the spawn was almost over, I was like, yeah, it's post spawn. And he's kind of phenom post spawn fisherman. So he's my uh, low bucket count. I like it. If and, and I'm gonna disclaimer, Bryant, if you suck, you're off the team. Alpha <laughs> Angler, all of it. You're off you're off the <laughs> You're done. Contract. You're done. In the contract, yeah. if you suck yeah. in fantasy fishing, yeah. I'm yeah. removing no. Yeah. There will be a label in the mail for all your rods. Put them back in the tube and mail them back. <laughs> yep. That's why you read the fine print right there. <laughs> that's right. Yep. That was a clause. I saw it. That's, that's you should just it. make him pay the shipping. Don't give him a label. Make him ship it back himself. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Under penalty oh. of law. Yeah. That's good. Brandon, what about you, man? Uh, bucket C. Um, I don't really have a great rhyme or reason. This is just kind of a gut instinct pick, but I'm going to go Corey Johnston on this. Hmm. Um, I think between him and Chris, um, if you look at their consistency in tournaments, uh, which is something that my fantasy team needs really badly right now. Um, not only are they phenomenal fishermen, obviously, or they wouldn't be on the elite series, but, um, there's definitely an advantage the way that they share information being with their brothers and kind of work together. Um, so I don't know how well um, of an angler he typically is on these herring fisheries, if I'm being totally honest with you, but I got to believe between him and Chris, they're going to dial it in. Um, and also just a, a animal with live scope. So I'm going Corey Johnston. I like your uh, reasoning just to justify because he's the highest percentage in the bucket. No, yeah, that's no. actually why. I was <laughs> up a Three in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three buckets in a row. I'm just saying. Hey, dude, you can't. Hey, have you seen my fantasy scores? Like, <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. he had a pretty good classic too. So he did. Right. I mean, he's in bucket C, uh, and I know he's not like super high up there in terms of ranking this season, but uh, he's really, really good. And I don't think he should be in bucket C and I don't think he's going to be there for long. So I look for him to kind of turn it around right here. Yeah. yeah. This one was it's... tough. Mm-hmm. Toughest bucket. I think, don't you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is this toughest? Yeah. I you got Scotty cool. Martin there too. Who's very mm-hmm. proven on uh, these herring fisheries. Yeah. Throw in the, uh... Oh gosh. What do you call it? What's the damn bait name? That's got like the weird, it looks Seabl- like, like a small spook with a little lip on top that just kind of like skitters across the top. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, right. Oh, like a, I guess it's called like, like a riser bait. I think it's called. Does Depths make one? Is it like the frill shad Jack- or something? 
Jekyll Riser? No. Is it a soft bait or a hard bait? A hard bait. It's a trebled bait. I think it's called a Jekyll Riser. Some, yes. Somebody in the comments definitely knows. Um, I know Andy knows, I think, but I think he tuned out here tonight. Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember vividly watching uh, a Scott Martin video of him smashing them on that specific bait. Um, no, not the Z-Man Hellraiser. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I guess they probably could eat it. I, I don't know. They would. But I, I believe it's... I think it's a jackal riser. I know it's a, it's a JDM bait for sure. Okay, I think it is a jackal. Now I kind of know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? Real quick, did any did anybody think about Kamara Kenta Kamara? I I did a little bit. It just seems like the guy excels better on like your back, like James River type backwater. And the opens as long as it's an open, like I, the guy tears up the open trail, destroys people. In the yeah, opens. but didn't mm-hmm. he do? Didn't he top ten Harris chain last year? Or did I mix? I think that he up? did. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It, it, Jackal Riser. Okay. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for my pick to round out Group C. Uh, with a uh, dude that doesn't live too far away uh, and is familiar with herring fish, I'm going with Mr. KJ Queen. Uh, mm, living uh, living on Lake Norman, understanding how herring fish uh, behave, but also knowing how to get back into the into some largemouth territory and catch a big in or two. Um, I think KJ Queen is going to do well in this event, um, so I'm going with old KJ. But uh, okay. I still have not received an answer just yet on this uh, Keith Poche deal, but we're trying. I promise we're trying. <clears throat> um, okay, Group B. We have Deacon's picks are Patrick Walters. So another going another dude that is predominantly uh, leading the bucket from a percentage standpoint. And Andy went with Stetson Blaylock. I feel like I would love to go back and review all of our fantasy fishing shows that we've done the past three years and see how many of them he's picked John Cruz or Stetson Blaylock because I feel like it's above 70%. <laughs> it's got to be. I like Stetson Blaylock here too, though. I can't hate on him for that. I completely agree. There's a few guys. I, I, I think I selected my pick four different times for Group B, not being able to make up my mind. But yeah, So, uh, Boomer, what do you think? Stetson Blaylock. Stetson Blaylock. <laughs> you right, I, reason? Well, one, have you guys ever seen him bedfish? Like, he's probably one of the best on tour. And I and I know that they say that the bedfishing is over, but I feel like he's the guy that won't go bounce points. He'll go find a couple late. You know what I mean? They're not all done. Uh, but he also does really good on Hartwell. If you ever notice him when he's doing, like, it was the Hartwell Classic. He was in the mix there. Like I think he's really good at herring spawns or herring lakes. I don't know. He just stuck out, and he's not a real high percentage guy. And there's some hammers in there. Uh, I mean, Canterbury's hard not to pick in this one, but I don't know. I I thought Stetson was the best. It is really hard to not pick Patrick Walters. Yeah, but yeah, it is. There, there's a few though that are like. Like you could you could you could pick your entire A through E out of bucket B. Yeah. When Stetson, Stetson's first win was a bed fishing win, but I when can't remember where. Win yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. All right, I'm going down with Blaylock. 
going down, going down. The, the ship's going to sink. <laughs> He's going to be on it. <laughs> Poor, <clears throat> sorry, Stetson. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brendan, what's your pick? I bet you guys can't even guess. Yeah. Oh, I can. Go ahead. We might as well just like, Brendan, you can take <laughs> off, dude. You're good. We'll just. <laughs> uh, no, dude. Okay. I have to go Patrick Walters. You know, I do. Um, I'll go back to this again. This, this excuse, the state of my team needs victory. We need Patrick Walters here. Obviously a South Carolina guy. Got to believe he's been around this lake plenty of times. If not, just understands herring, right? Like fully understands the herring thing. Um, I'm going Patrick Walters. I could see him getting offshore with a jerk bait. I could see him throwing top water. I could see him on docks. I could see him doing anything. Um, I'm going Patrick Walters. And he's 37.5% owned, so <laughs> everybody else goes down. I'm going down with him, but I'm playing chalk here. I promise it's not all chalk, just most of it, but Patrick Walters. I think between you, Andy, and Deacon, I think it's like a difference of like one pick. Uh, no, like... I got a good one for you for A, so stand okay. by. Stand by. I'm going to imagine it's whoever has the highest percentage. <laughs> wrong. It's not okay. great. You're wrong. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. Walters uh, is a, is the scopinest dude on the planet too. Yeah, yeah. Now you're really see you're getting me to second guess. It'll probably burn me. <laughs> Stetson, no, no Stetson. Yep. Boomer, I feel like you're the easiest person just to start doubting yourself. Like you're, you're <laughs> six here. Like, are you sure? It's like all you gotta ask, and you're like, ah, yeah. maybe I'll change that. <laughs> it's because I just got off the California Delta, and you can fish the best looking stuff in the world, and be like, did I fish that wrong? Am I in the wrong spot? Actually, where the hell am I? Where are we? How far does it take to get back? This place is huge. So, yeah, you get a little bit doubtful. <laughs> it's a confidence killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, so, total sidebar, but that is probably one of my biggest weaknesses. Uh, and I think it'd be way worse if I liked – if I if I, I, I like fishing shallow, but if I was a shallow water guy, I feel like I would be going crazy being that I'm from New York and everywhere down South, these fisheries everywhere up shallow looks good. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of glad I'm an offshore guy. That way it kind of just, I'm able to put it out of mind for the most part until I can't find them offshore that I have to go shallow. And then it's like, I lose my mind because I, you, you almost like fish too much water because everything looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, it it's the coolest fishery on the planet as far as it's just amazing. But it's it's a conundrum all in the same. You know what I mean? If yep. if I could have scoped them offshore somewhere, uh, and I tried, I figured I could catch some pre-spawners out deep. But oh hmm. well. we got a question here from David Jong from English Channel asking, "How many seals did you see on the Delta?" Uh, a, a whole bunch. And I'll preface this because it's like a it's kind of a a touchy subject because everybody wants them to deal with the seals, but. Mm-hmm. You'll see a ton of seals in the spring because they they get it. They know how to feed on shallow fish and bedding fish are easy to feed on, blah, blah, blah. But then in the summer months, you don't see as many of them. But they are getting to the point where, like, we were loading our boats on the last day of the tournament. And you had to, and there was a kind of a narrow channel with docks on both sides. And there was literally a seal going between the boats. And he probably only had maybe a four or five feet on both sides. He'd go under the docks. I mean, like, I'm surprised some of them don't get prop strikes on them quite a bit you know what i mean like they're not afraid of the docks or the people or they're just they're, it's like they're in the cafeteria lunch line like we're just kind of in the way hmm. lots of seals 
kind of like a manatee deal you see on St. John's or something like that. Like the you see the scars on their backs type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah the I, second I, day when we came. Go ahead. Go ahead. The second day there was one that had a catfish about six feet. <laughs> it was the biggest damn catfish I've ever seen. And he was just holding it, smiling like a dog put a bone around. Like <laughs> they're just machines. We catch anything. Yeah. Dude, they're wild. I wouldn't, you the know, I wouldn't maneuver. swim in the water. I wouldn't swim in the delta. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No, thank you. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of one of the seals with what looked like to be a, a freaking giant largemouth. Uh, I think that picture was floating around the internet for a little bit. It was, yeah. I feel like I would probably cry if I saw that in person. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's a. It, it's a point of contention. You, everybody came to the dock. At least one person I saw, uh, and, and all I had to say, I saw a with a six pounder and he was floating around. and didn't even eat all of it. And all of a sudden, the whole parking lot goes into a "Get the guns! It's over. We're done with it. We're getting them." <laughs> 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 we have a bad day of fishing. It's the seals' fault. <laughs> Blame it on the seals. I did. I had a, it was all the seals that ruined my fishing. That's why <laughs> That's I did. Right. Bad. That's right. Well, I will I'll round out uh, our uh, group B here in the fact that there's a couple good picks. Like Canterbury's a great pick. Blaylock's a great pick. Uh, I think you could go, obviously, um, you go down to Patrick Walters, great pick. There, there's so many different guys in here that I think could do really well. I think a Cody Huff could do well. Uh, I'm sure Gussie is going to be on live on day one trying to uh Demiki or mope these uh some of these herring fish i'm sure it's bound to happen i'm sure he's already tried it in practice uh but a guy that i think will get up get nasty get with some large mouth i'm gonna go with is mr matt airy i love that pick yeah good pick i think he's a dude that's gonna take a texas rig or a jig and get up and flip laydowns all day on day long lay downs and docks yep um okay Last bucket, which I'm sure at least three people in this one are going to have the same pick for, for Group A. Uh, but we'll start off with Deacon, who went yeah. with Brandon Cobb. And uh, Andy also went with Brandon Cobb. So that's two picks for Brandon Cobb. <laughs> Boomer, who you got? Oh, I'm trying to change it. I'm not going to – I'm not telling the line. We, we, can, we can come back. We can come back. Yeah, come back to me. Let me look at it again because I can't back up behind Deacon like that. That's not going to work. <laughs> Brennan, are you prepared? I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, I, I fully understand why 45.4% of people are going Brandon Cobb, but um, I think Lee Livesey is a huge sleeper here. Damn. Uh, yeah, and he's only 1.8% owned. I mean, I might go down hard here, but at 1.8% and that many people going Brandon Cobb, um, if he bombs, I just – I can't envision Lee having a bad tournament here. He's on a tear this year. Um, you know, he's shown us that he's an animal with top water everywhere he goes, uh, whether it's a frog, walking bait, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you've seen on Lake Fork, which granted that's his home lake, that's what he guides on. Um, you know, you've seen what he, what he can do when he's all in on something like the top water thing, like he did at Lake Fork, not saying that's hundred percent going to translate here, but I just can't envision him having a bad tournament. And, uh, I could see him out there chasing Herring the entire tournament, all four days. So hopefully it pays off for him. I'm going to leave Livesey. 
Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. I like it. Well, for this one, uh, it would, dude, it's so tough. Uh, I'll, I'll circle back to some of the different picks. I don't want to spoil anything for Boomer. I'll let Boomer go last for this one. Um, I'm just going to go with the guy that is super good, shallow, uh, could mix in some herring stuff. We saw him do a bunch of stuff, smallmouth wise, Tennessee River. Uh, also, just think he's from a big. Murray is fishing big this year. I don't know if you guys have seen the bags that are coming out of Murray, but to win on this fishery, it seems like in the past several weekends, especially, it's 26 plus. Uh, and it's, I saw, I think it was a, a BFL last weekend. Um, or no, it was like a year, same date type of deal. It took 20 pounds uh, just to get in, I think, the top 12. Um, so there's a lot of fish here, big fish. You saw what happened with the BPT. There's some really solid bags caught. This dude's just a big fish hunter. Going Greg Hackney. Ooh. All right, Boomer. Round us out, buddy. Cobb. Got to do Cobb. <laughs> all that just to come back. I can just second guess all your decisions all the time. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, you, you know what? Flip the best looking mat in the lake. Don't don't drop shot it. Flip it. You know what I mean? But you got like he's on a roll. He's he had a he was I don't think he was leading the Okeechobee event. Yeah, he was. He was leading it after day two. He got twentieth at Seminole. He's fishing really good, and he's an, an amazing herring fisherman. Like it's mm-hmm. he's forty five percent for a reason. I, I'm not changing. Plus, I think that's kind of I don't want to pull a deacon here and start swapping up at the end of the picks. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really was thinking Cobb as well. To be honest, I was probably going to go Cobb, but man, like Hackney had some big days at Hartwell, like those fisheries that have, you know, herring going on, but he seemed to figure out like that big caliber largemouth bite. Uh, yeah. he's, dude, I mean, he was another guy at Tennessee River for the classic that didn't have limits, but found those bigger on average fish where I think if if the size limit for smallmouth was 16 inches, like you're talking about earlier, I think it would have been a much different tournament when it came to, it because there was guys that just had a different size caliber of fish going. And, and they just said like, Hey, if I could catch a keeper smallmouth, we'd be fine. But they're catching 17 and a half, 17 quarters. But yeah, um, about that spillway. yeah I, I'm surprised sure. no one of us picked John Cox. Uh, I think Shane LeHue is a great pick for this one too, because he literally does not live far away at all. Uh, yeah. I'll be interested to see if Tyler can uh, Tyler Rivet can keep the the train rolling. I could see Welcher having a good event here, as he did a combination of herring patterns and also flipping and throwing a mag draft up shallow on Hartwell. Um, I think there's a bucket A is a great great option too. There's just so many freaking guys that could roll with, but. And so I think it's the first fantasy fishing show this year where you've gone without somebody picking John Cox. Yeah. Wow. He saved my butt in the second event, I think. Yeah. Seminole. Yeah, I think okay. he did. I can see Rivet doing well here. I know he uh, you know, his background might not make you think that he'd do well at an event like this, but you gotta believe Hank Cherry being his roommate for a couple of years has a little bit of influence and some knowledge that he could share with this herring style fishery. I can see him doing well. It's obviously getting the hang of the forward-facing sonar deal pretty well. Yeah, I mean, with exactly what you're saying, no one with his history expected him to go mm-hmm. up 
the Okeechobee River and go throw a jerk bait on in live scope versus go right. go punch. So I think, yeah, I could see him doing well. I could see him doing well for sure. Uh, it could be a Tyler Rivet AOI season. Who freaking knows? Um, all right. So let's go around the room here and give our weights, weight predictions. Uh, Deacon is a freaking goober and didn't send me his weight. He cut it, his picture cuts off at the weight. Uh, he also didn't send me the drain the lake, but that's okay. Um, so make sure everyone keeps uh, getting those Deaconless uh, comments in the chat going, making them feel bad. <laughs> All caps too. All Let's caps. Let him hear it. Hashtag Deaconless. All caps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fire off. Where's the Deke? Where's the Deke? Where is Sarah? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Andy had 90 pounds and 12 ounces, and I'm sure most folks saw my weight prediction because I forgot to take it off here as I'm show- sharing my screen. I went 89.7. Boomer, what'd you have? I had 82.2. 82.2. Brennan? I'm going 81 even. I'm 81? I'm, yeah, I'm low for once. You guys are some Debbie Downers. I think Logan, I think Logan, Wes is um, kind of like the way he was talking about it as a postpone deal. I think it kind of scared me off a little. It scared a couple pounds off my weight, I can tell you that. Yeah. What what he, part I mean, of what he said scared you away from going a little bit higher? Um. Well, when he said he could, he doesn't know if it's going to take 15 to 17, that scared me. You know, based on what you said, like taking 20, what was it? 25 plus. I don't know if those are single day tournaments, but I mean, that's a big bag, yeah. but you get that many guys on the water practicing for that many days. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Where's the deke? All caps. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I just, dude, the amount of consistent bags on the BPT, I feel like is eye opening. And this is the weekend tournaments that are 200, 250 boats that still takes. 26 27 to win i think is i mean he said it too every fish he's caught has been healthy like really healthy so i feel like mm-hmm. the way you got one there, kind of cold and windy day in there too we'll see how that affects things as well yeah could yeah. fire up other people's bites i'm sure it's gonna hurt a lot more yeah and i don't think the herring spawn will happen if that does for real go down like logan was saying it could happen that, that weight could be low but if it doesn't happen right. you got a bunch of post spawn fish you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. That's still, it, it's still healthy. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, that's that's 20 pounds a day. Um, mm. I think someone's going to have to, I mean, whoever wins, I feel like they're going to have like a 26 to a 28 one of the days, have a monster bag, and then kind of survive with like a 18 to 21 the rest of the tournament. I think it's going to be consistent because although I will say just looking back again at the weather of it being 83, 73, 61, 51, dropping every single day. I guess I probably could. Looking back on it, I think 90 pounds might be a little hefty. <laughs> Looking back at that, watching that drop, <laughs> being that it is a southern fish tree. But I feel like also, and I, I again, I am no, uh, I am not proficient whatsoever with herring fish, but I feel like those schoolers, Colder weather doesn't really affect them much if they're just if they're just chasing constantly. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like those fish always eat. 
Sure. Yeah, they, they just don't sur- they just don't surface as much, right? Like, they, yeah, you don't, as they don't make, they're not as easy to find, right? That's I mean that would be my thought. I'm probably wrong, but yeah, and I'm not a herring guy by any means either. But and I don't know how much this translates to shad, shiners, whatever that you know are, are my forage up here for my fish. But if anything, I got to believe it's just going to move the bait around, and those fish are going to you know chase them, follow them to wherever they go. So yeah. Well, folks, really fast before we uh, do, you guys have your drain the lakes that we can fire through here. Yeah. Cool. Uh, before we do that, we still have a serious angler hat up for grabs. So keep firing off in the comments here, and I will pick one winner to get the serious angler lid. Uh, and obviously, you guys can choose the the color. We got three different colors. You can choose which one you want. Um, but I, I would say I'll do Deacon's drain the lake. But again, he's a goober. I decided to fish tonight and didn't send me his uh, his drain the lake picks. Uh, so he gets a fat zero for for drain the lake. Uh, but Andy went with, uh, Matt Airy, Todd Otten, Brandon Card, John Cruz, Daryl Gleason went with Mike Iconelli, uh, shout out to Mike Iconelli for, uh, being inducted to the Bassmaster or not Bassmaster, the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, uh, Cody Huff and Shane LaHue, pretty strong drain the lake. Boomer, what you got? Uh, you're going to have to go. Uh, one person. I don't. I didn't pick enough. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight boomer, eight of them. <laughs> yeah, dang it. Wait, I have seven. Which, <laughs> which, by the way, boomer uh, Bassmaster shows you didn't pick any last week <laughs> or the classic. I know. I didn't. I, I don't know how I spaced that. Yeah, dumb. It's all good. Hey, it's okay. I didn't uh, fancy fishing the first week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got Walters. Rivet, Hackney. I pretty much poached all of your guys' other picks. <laughs> Stuck them in a drain lake. Hank Cherry, Drew Cook, John Cox, and Iconelli. Is that is that eight? Trying no, to... it's seven. <laughs> Get one more, buddy. <laughs> so you had six. Sorry. You can pick seven if you want. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I, mean, I didn't pick any last week. Uh, I'm going to put Lester on there because I, ha- I had him left over, and I picked him on my other team. All right, so I got Lester. Cox, Lester, oh. Iconelli, Cook, Cherry, Hackney, Rebet, and Walters. Dig it. Brandon, what'd you have? All right, we went Brandon Cobb, David Gaston, Patrick Walters, Brian New, Brock Mosley, Hank Cherry, Todd Otten. Sorry, Todd, but I'm just going to use you here. Uh, and Shane LaHue. I dig it. Uh, really fast before before I put my picks here. This wins the serious angler hat for the comment from Team S Florida Fishing says give Deacon Poche who's not fishing this weekend. So he should do. That's, that's awesome. the penalty penalty for for missing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, dude, uh, congrats, serious angler hat. Get in touch, uh, whether email or over social, and uh, we'll get the hat shipped out to you. That was that was pretty good. Is it uh, gonna be a sweaty version like the one you keep showing? No, this is my hat. I'm just too lazy to go over in the <laughs> other room and grab a new one that hasn't been touched or sweated on. Yet. It's a warning. Yeah, it's somebody mentioned that hand. actually earlier in the show. That's like, is that hat sweaty? That's like, 
Yes, it's mine. I promise you'll not get my sweaty version of the hat. But you never uh, know. They might want it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, somebody right here. I actually have to uh, someone specifically on the, one of the first shows we did uh, with Wes Logan um, when we had the hats in one of the first shows that we had the hats. Someone won the hat and they specifically asked for Wes Logan uh, and Andy and I to sign it. So I have to. I have one more left. I have to get Andy to sign it, which he's obviously been busy uh, having his kid. Uh, and once I can get him to sign it, we're shipping that, which is a pretty cool deal. Uh, literally went out of his way. He's like, "Hey, can you take it to the classic? Have Wes Logan sign it, and then ship it." It was, it was pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, very cool. Which I promise I'll get Andy to sign it if he's if he's listening here, and we'll, we'll ship that out soon. Um, but uh, to to round it out for tonight's show. Uh, my drain the lake uh, is Matt Airy, Todd Auten, Jake Whitaker, Brian New, Shane LaHue, Brandon Cobb, Jason Williamson. And I went a little freaky with Masayuki Matsushita, who uh, did uh, has two top tens at Lake Hartwell. So I was just kind of feeling uh, taking a shot in the dark. But boys, tonight was fun. Uh, I don't know if there's any other things we forgot to cover for Murray. Other than I'm excited to watch this go down this weekend and doesn't look like the greatest weather these guys are hoping for, but I think regardless, I think they're going to catch it. I think it's going to be catch fest. Hopefully yeah, not over 81 pounds, but yeah, hopefully they catch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and even if it is 81 pounds, I feel like they're going to catch a lot of fish. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be a fun one to watch. I think oh. I, mean, I could be wrong, but oh, I totally forgot before we log off here. Uh, around the room, what do you think Big Bass is going to be? I, I'm going to go 8-2. Well, that's way bigger than I was going to go. I was going to go like a low 7, high 6, but I'll go 7-1. I'll 7-1? Go seven, one. Seven, one. Mm-hmm. What you got, Boomer? I'm going to go 6-10. How big was Gagliardi's? Uh, 8. Oh, was it an 8? Yeah, yeah can I'll I go? Stand, I'm going to stick. I'm gonna stay in the low. T- I'm gonna stay in the high sixes. High six, okay. Yep, six ten. Mine's being upgraded to seven six. Seven six. Yep. <laughs> He's going up. Yep. <laughs> I like it. What? Uh, we're gonna do bait, and then we'll uh, we will call it a night. What do you guys think, bait wise? Predominantly, it's gonna get one on. All right, I got a couple takes. Okay, I pick three. Some some top water, or do I have to be specific? Can I? I'll say a, a buzz bait. I'll say okay. buzz bait on docks. I'm gonna say a shaky head and small swim bait under four inches. Mm. Okay. And I'd like to say jerk bait too, but I only got three, so those are my three. <laughs> I'd like I'll to say a walking bait too, but I only get three, and a jig, <laughs> but I only get three. What you got, Boomer? He just said everything I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Strike King, uh, Sexy Dog, One Knocker. I think that's going to be one that will play. Just a guess. Um, a Fluke could play. Uh, and uh, the, when you use the Fluke, though, you've got to have the little treble hook on the bottom, the little trailer treble mm-hmm. hook. Who was it? Somebody did that in MLF where they put that on there and started catching them a lot better. And then, uh, yeah, Drop Shop. Drop Gags shot. wanted on a Drop Shop. Yeah, so something really cool to break that down. His eight pounder. Did you guys watch that catch? Nope. 
So I, I don't, I didn't look at it completely uh, in regards to him talking about it. Cause I don't even think he's done an interview since then. Um, trying to get him on a show, but he was, I think he was looking at live scope and moving away from the spot. So like if I'm facing you, his line is like directly behind me and he's facing this way and looking down, you can see he gets the bite and a lot of people react and get a bite and they'd set the hook like to here like when it's behind them. But he felt the bite reeled, turned around completely and set up. And I, I was just that small little detail of some like knowing to not pull the trigger right away, turn around, set that way you can actually have a good hook set. That was like super cool for me. It's kind of like nerded out on just that little small detail. So if people watch, they probably know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, it sound crazy. But yeah, it was super cool, which is why I sound like a doofus talking about it way too you much. Don't, you also said something that I think a lot of people have been talking about, but some don't want to admit. His forward-facing sonar was probably not pointing at that fish when he ate. No. Most likely not. He's probably looking while he's dragging that thing. Yeah. Like the people that actually really want you to buy forward-facing sonar, when you say, hey, listen, when I point at them, they swim off. They're like, oh, it's not the sonar. It's something else. <laughs> like, how is it not the sonar? You know, have you heard had that conversation with anybody yet? Like, yeah. Do you do you think that these fish can feel the sonar and they're swimming off? Oh, no. No, I don't think they're doing that. You guys should buy another active target and put it on there so it's sideways. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. But There's like that- how many – how many fish are getting caught when the sonar's not put, pointing at them anymore, right? Yeah. Thought process. That's what they're saying on Lanier now is that Lanier, you have to, when, you, when you're pointing forward, you have to basically start, so you see him on screen and you completely, you have, they have to turn away. Just enough where you can know an, an idea of where the arrow's at and make the cast and you can't put the transducer back towards him. Otherwise, the school scatters. Nope. Yeah, I, yeah, I've heard I've heard both ways all across the country. I've heard some of the best people I know with it that say that it doesn't matter. I've heard some of the best people that I know with it say that it absolutely matters. I wonder sometimes if we're not giving them a little bit too much credit um, and it maybe doesn't have as big of effect or an effect at all. But I, I don't know. In my experience around here where I fish, um, there's not enough people that utilize it or enough people that are good enough with it to probably uh, make an opinion, but my fish around here, I can't say I noticed any difference whatsoever. Yeah. Our Northern fish don't care because they're stupid yeah, as hell. Right, uh, right. But yeah, uh, I, I definitely noticed though. I'm a big believer in sonar, especially shallow. I'm a big believer in turning that stuff off and, sure. you, and you'll catch more in my personal opinion. Um, but, and I think that's why I, I believe it, tra- it can translate to forward facing and those fish can feel that. Sure. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, you could talk to Andy when he comes back, dude, he, he's, he's noticed times already in the short period of time of having forward facing on Erie that he's noticed a small mouth on Erie getting skittish to it where yeah. he, he turns it off. He catches them better. It's yep. kind of weird. I saw yeah. that when I was there. Yep. The yeah. funny thing about it is, is the best in the world, the ones that are really good at it. I think they're okay to say, Hey, I know that I might be spooking some off, but I'm actually targeting and putting a bait in front of so many fish that if I get in front of five very active ones, I have, you know what I mean? It's like, if I do it a hundred times a day, I'm going to catch five really good ones because there's an active one that didn't care that it was there. Their mood wasn't affected by, you know, they weren't in that kind of half neutral mood where they're like, I don't really like this sonar. They were there to feed like that fish that just smashes a spinner bait. When nothing else would eat it, you know, he was going to feed it regardless. He went like nine feet from cover. You know what I mean? Sure. If those you, are the guys if that, you, yeah. 
yeah, th those are the guys that live and die by it and are all just about the, the at-bats. How many how many great presentations can you make to the fish? And that's the number one concern. If some shy away because of the ping, so be it. But they know that they're making great presentations over and over and over and over again. So Yeah, it's like, it's like old school fishing, right? Before we had active target, we would put a jerk bait in our hand and cover miles. And you were okay that knowing that you, you didn't know if you put it in front of one. Now the active target guys, as I put it in front of one, I just know that I put it in front of 95 of them that didn't eat, but I got five to eat, you know. Sure. It's that play in the odds, yeah. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Good, good conversation. We're, yeah, to, to, to end that conversation, I have a question. Uh, were you guys either one of the uh, the folks that used to take 2D and take their 2D transducer and point it out like the old, like the old school, quote-unquote, forward-facing sonar that people would talk about? I'm not smart enough for that. I never did that. No. <laughs> One time I hit a rock really hard and it bent the transducer up. Does that count? That was you. <laughs> that was, I couldn't figure out why. I swear I could see the bottom, but it said 24 feet. It was weird. I, I, I never, I tried it a little bit, but uh, same track, same train of thought, Brennan. I was just sitting there. I'm like, this is too much for my brain to wrap around right now. Like, if you start seeing that mark, like where does it actually like, I don't know, but I've heard about some people that, of that they're doing that back in the day before forward facing was a thing. And you know, what's not super intriguing. Well, I don't mean to take us down a whole nother rabbit hole here, but what's not being talked about is the guys that have it mounted on the back of their boat as well. Oh you know, yeah. You don't, you don't see that in live. They don't talk about it. It doesn't get any coverage. No, that's are they using how are they using it? Are they using it like that where are they just shooting a beam out? Or are they there's yeah, guys there's that... another transducer in the back? Can they move the transducer around or are they um, it's fixed? I believe, yeah. I, I know that there's guys where it's fixed mount, it doesn't move at all. Um, and I think a lot of that is for areas like when uh, you get up into some wind off of a point or something and you spot lock and you still have that transducer aimed backwards, so maybe you don't have the flexibility to pan around. But if you're in the general area, whatever's in that, you know, uh, whatever it's called, scope, you're, you're going to see it. I know a lot of guys are using it uh, like on their jack plate pointed out, mm -hmm. whereas if they're graphing. And so a lot of times, like if they're not showing up too well in DI or 2D, and obviously it's hard to sometimes see it when there's like suspended five or so feet off the bottom on side imaging. Guys are using that as their way to scan like as they're graphing they have live scope pointed out to the left or right or if you're graphing you can go down a dock line and to see what's going on under the docks without having to get up and get on the trolling motor type of deal which i think That's is super interesting it actually is a great segue into tomorrow night's tuesday night live i'm having on matt becker and steven estes from bass fishing electronics to talk about specifically fishing electronics hacks and modifications and that is one of my questions i'm actually going to bring up I so will shut great. up now. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to listening to that. That'll be cool. That's going to be a good one, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try to release some uh, some dirt for everybody, some juice, if you will. Uh, Squeeze them. That's right. <laughs> Squeeze them. But, uh, boys, appreciate you guys joining in tonight. Um, unlike Deacon, you guys are committed. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was fun, as always, uh, to the folks that won prizes tonight, get in touch, and we'll get that stuff shipped out to you. But uh, either of you guys got anything going on that the folks should know, whether it's at Alpha, Do It, or anything else? Uh, no. 
Not really. No, sorry, I'm boring. But yeah, you're good. <laughs> it's tur- yeah, it's tournament up season up here, so um, pretty excited about that. I I can announce that um, I think this week we're putting my I uh, putting my new Suzuki on my Phoenix. Kind of cool. Nice. Ooh, I'm, I'm interested to hear what that. you think about that. I uh, hear yeah. a lot of good things. <laughs> Sean, tax day, <laughs> tax day sale at Alpha. <laughs> We might have to do that. That's a good idea, Sean. Do it. Do it up. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, and yeah, for, folks. If you guys are getting all set up, I know for many of my people in the north, this past weekend it was eighty degrees. It was like summer in New York in April. Uh, we yeah. actually found spawning fish, which was a month earlier than I've ever found spawning fish here in New York before. Uh, pretty wild. Uh, which is going to go right back today because it was thirty degrees. But um, for folks that are getting out for the first time and realizing, oh, crap, I need this, 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 uh, highly encourage you guys to check out Alpha Angler. And if uh, you're sick of buying tackle uh, online on different retailers and not having the right stuff, do it molds creates uh, a great lineup of options to make it things your way. So encourage you guys to do that. Links are down below in the show descriptions. You guys can uh, tend to if you'd like to go purchase some. But uh, boys, again, appreciate y'all. And uh, I think we're gonna call it a night. Sounds good. Yes, sir. Thanks, Bailey. Thanks, guys. Peace. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode, and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.